Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast. That's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you will hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live odd AF. Because I believe the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to your odd life. Welcome back to another episode of the Odd Life Podcast. I'm your host, Hallie. As you saw in the intro, I am very thrilled for you to meet another amazing woman that I have met in the last few months. Her name is Chrissy Powers, and Chrissy is a trauma therapist and embodiment coach. And we talked all about uh, her own story, how she became a trauma therapist, her own healing journey that she went through. We get into her own healing journey. We get into how she became a therapist, how she coaches women, and she gives us some tips and ideas of how to start your own embodiment work at home. And then we talk about some books and podcasts she recommends, what she listens to. And then we get into some of her retreat work and talk about one of her recent retreats. They went to France uh, and we talk all about what that experience was like and what you can expect to going on her future retreats. So I cannot wait for you to meet her. She's fantastic. Uh, I've listed in the show notes all the places you can find and connect with her. And if you want to be coached by her, where you can go for that as well. So here she is, my guest, Chrissy Powers. Welcome, Chrissy. Thank you for coming to the podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here. Yeah, you are uh, somebody I met through an individual that, of course, I follow on social media, and I had to meet you because of the the recent retreat you went on. And so we'll get into all that here in a little bit. But please, please tell our audience who you are, what you do, whatever you yeah. want to throw in there. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me and just reaching out. Um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm also a woman's um, empowerment coach and embodiment coach. Um, would love to branch out into men too. So <laughs> try not to pigeonhole myself, but yeah. um, I love doing divine feminine work with women, um, which sometimes goes into healing from religious trauma um, and sexual abuse and eating disorders and all of that stuff. So um, I see a lot of women in my practice. Um, I used to be a mommy blogger online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's why that's how I grew my following. And then in the last probably like three years, I shifted my content to what I do in my private practice and my work with women. Um, and then recently I have branched out into offering, um, divine feminine retreats. And that is one of the things that lights me up the most in this world is connecting women as sisters and doing this healing work together. Because just like you said, before we pushed record was, um, I also believe that when women heal together, we heal the world. I think the healing journeys, I know that everyone talks about like, don't let trauma bonds, you know, be the what connect you. Uh, but at the yeah. same time, it is a lot of, we can resonate mm. with each other's stories. We can feel mm-hmm. each other's pain and that brings empathy. And that brings a lot of other emotions to the table oh, that I think it's important yeah. for us to have. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It should be the only thing, mm. but I think it's a lot of times where a lot of relationships start is because of shared yeah. experiences and trauma. Is that what you see a lot of times in your practice? Just people is that something you try and work on healing in your work to get mm-hmm. past, you know, that holding on 
to the trauma. You see a lot of that. Definitely. And that's why I I utilize embodiment work um, Mm -hmm. and somatic therapy um, and experiential therapy, which is very much what I do on my women's retreats to help us to release trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, So with my work with women, especially in my coaching program, we work on identifying the trauma um, and the messages that we got from the trauma because we all have a narrative or a story we tell ourselves about ourselves in the world. And um, oftentimes in adulthood, we realize that the stories that we've been telling ourselves and the ways that we've been coping with that don't work for us anymore. Mm -hmm. So when we identify that trauma and we utilize our bodies, we can actually trust our body to help us release that trauma and change the narrative going forward so that we can live our fullest best juiciest life and so tell me you mentioned a couple different things you mentioned like sexual trauma abuse uh you mentioned something i don't ever hear that much about is uh the religious programming trauma things of that nature maybe if you could dive in just a quick like where this came up for you as far as why this direction with your practice was it something you had to go through as a young person and then eventually became your focus or tell me about your own maybe healing journey and trauma that you've had to go through and where all this, you know, where good question. Yeah. yeah, good question. Um, yes, I grew up in evangelical Christianity, which um, was more like a high control religion mm-hmm. and um, very authoritarian in the home. Um, I had loving parents, still have really good relationship with them. Um, and parts of that experience of growing up in a small church were really good and healthy and the community and the people that still love me today from that was good. But some of the messages I received from that theology didn't work for me. Um, And at a young age, I kind of knew it didn't work for me, but my safety was tied to my acceptance and belonging within that system. So I did what I had to do in order to thrive and receive that love and belonging, which was to be the perfect good girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so the perfect good girl, you know, didn't cuss, didn't drink, didn't have sex before she was married, um, brought people to church or to Christ. And I felt responsible for people's salvation, their eternal <laughs> afterlife. And that was a lot of pressure to put on a child, especially, especially a sensitive child, my mom and dad had no clue, but um, that was me internalizing all of that, especially at a young age, um, was really hard on my system. And then I saw that manifest in anxiety, panic attacks, and eating disorder in college. Um, and when I got to be, when I became a mother, I realized I didn't want to live the way that I was living anymore. I didn't want to feel locked up in my body. I didn't want to feel, I didn't want to have random panic attacks. Like it was just, um, you know, for years I sort of gaslit myself and said, this is just anxiety. This is just runs in my family. I should just, you know, medicate myself. And, um, then I eventually sort of woke up to like, maybe this isn't aligning with me. You know, maybe I actually don't believe being homosexual is bad. <laughs> maybe I do, maybe my beliefs, and I always knew women weren't represented well within that system. And I used to debate with my dad at dinner time because I was a pastor's daughter. Sure. And I would say, why can't I go up and speak? Why can't we have this thing called communion, which is one of the most 
holy things or sacred things like we actually do as a group of Christians uh, is to remember um, Christ and what he did for us on the cross. And they always would invite the men to come forward and speak and share what Christ was doing mm-hmm. in their life, but they never invited the women. And I asked why, I think it was like 10. And I said, why can't I do that? You know, Jesus Christ is moving in my life and I feel God and I feel the presence of the divine. And the answer that was given to me was because if you did, you would take over the church. Oh my. And I was like, how? Really? Oh, so yeah. my first messages as a woman was that if i use my voice i will destroy something and um and then once i grew older and got into puberty the message even more that was put on me was um you're dangerous and your body is dangerous so you need to cover up because you are a stumbling block for men so my whole experience like developing as a woman was I better be perfect and I better be good. And I shouldn't want to speak um, and use my voice. I should just, I need to be quiet and meek, but that's not who I am as a person at all. Sure. Like I have a voice and I want to use that voice and I want to help women and men and I want to be seen and I want to enjoy my body. I don't want to hide her. Um, but that for me and that framework didn't work for me. And that yeah. manifested, like I said, in some disordered thinking, disordered eating, um, and panic attacks. And so that woke my body woke me up yeah. to the fact that I wasn't living in authenticity with what I actually believe and who I am. Yeah. And so I left our church in 2020, like a lot of people did. It was like the gift that a lot of us didn't know we were getting was that Absolutely. space. And time to question, like, you know, does does that still work for me? Or can I still attend a service or a church that doesn't let women have the same role as a man or pay her the same because she's a woman or affirm the LGBTQ community? Um, And it, you know, it, it, it was a really good time away. And to really realize that, like, my faith doesn't have to be confined to that small box anymore. Sure. Yeah. And it wasn't easy and it was really, really hard. <laughs> I had to have, you know, I was in therapy with a therapist that understood what's called deconstruction. Sure. Um, and so I felt safe within her and I's work together, but it was really scary and it was really hard. But I saw, I saw a lot of fruit come out of that time for me. Yep. And that's Absolutely. what I bring to my work with women that are also going yep. through that process. So how long have you been a therapist? Oh, I think since 2010. So you can, so your own healing journey, did that shift then what you focused on? You, obviously you've added yeah. some things too. Where did you start with your therapy? What, what it was it the focus yeah. or just in general, like whatever people came with you to, to you with, or was there something yeah. specific you wanted to work on back then? Yeah, I started um, with eating disorders because that's okay. what got me into healing as well. As it was having a therapist who had recovered from an eating disorder, so I thought, okay, if I can recover, then I could also help someone. Um, yeah. And so I worked in a treatment center and did what's called dual diagnosis. And so that's like you're dealing with people that have eating disorders and drug addictions and something like bipolar disorder so it's it was really acute people really people that um you know really hard cases and and then as an intern um that's what you are for like 
the first three years of being a therapist until you get licensed, I saw a lot of people. I saw a lot of families. I saw a lot of kids. I saw couples. So I did a lot of different work um, mm-hmm. and then really fell into working with women specifically in this capacity for the last probably five-ish years. And how has this work that you're doing now, especially with women, how has it affected you as a mother? How has it changed? Has it changed you as a mother? I mean, how you've got yeah. three kids? I have three kids. Yeah. Two how boys and a girl. Okay. Um, they're 11, seven, and four. Since your background in the church, being submissive and whatever that role is as a, mm-hmm. as a, as a woman, as a wife, mother, whatever, like how did you work through that as a mom, yeah. the role you know, um, the roles were given versus or what's expected of you versus how you wanted to live some work that you had to do there. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so I knew as a mom, I wanted to be home with my kids when they were babies. Mm -hmm. Um, so actually be being a mommy blogger was a huge gift because I could write about motherhood through the lens of psychology or what I knew as a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I could Mm -hmm. also take the time to be with them. Like I was seeing a lot of kids doing play therapy and I, I would do it at night when I, when my husband would come home from work. Um, so my focus wasn't growing like a business or a practice. It was just like getting my hours and getting experience. Um, and then there was one time, I think I was pregnant with my third baby. And I just thought I am being so intentional with this child that I'm working with. And I want to, but I need to do that for my own kids. So I took Mm -hmm. that as like a sign to say, I can pause right now for this. And I focused fully on like, um, mommy blogging and writing. Mm -hmm. And, um, then when 2020 happened, um, my husband was building a house for us and wasn't working. So I ended up going back to work and starting my practice again. And it was the best thing for me because at that time I was so burnt out on influencing and feeling inauthentic with that, um, Mm -hmm. that I really had to let it go. And I, my mental health was so much better because of it. So, um, in terms of mothering now and letting go of some of those things from my family of origin it actually was a beautiful process like slowly though it wasn't like a one big talk I had with my parents it was kind of like little bite sizes of hey you know we're doing some things differently and Mm -hmm. you know I just can you know these things we aren't, aren't things that we're telling our kids right now and my dad likes to come down when he visits and bring us mm-hmm. Hindle songbook and some, and it's God bless his soul. Like he really wants to connect with my kids. Um, and it's a lot of the songs he sang to us growing up and some of them are terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, he was so sweet last time he was at our house. He said, okay, here's the songbook. I want you to cross out the songs that are not okay to sing. Hmm. And that meant so much to me because I meant like, wow, he hears me and it might be uncomfortable for him. I know it's uncomfortable for him, but he honors the process of me choosing what's right for me and my family. So I cross all those songs and I'm like, nope, we're not going to sing about hell. Nope. We're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. You think about that. That's really a huge growth moment for him too, because he's, he's valuing your relationship more than he's valuing his strict belief in that situation. He knows he's got to compromise in order to have a relationship with you probably. So that's, that's amazing. Cause that normally 
doesn't, doesn't always like happen. That's you, yeah. yeah, it's unusual. So yeah. yeah, and then um, in terms of just the work that I do, I try as best as I can to like also bring it to our family, um, and uh, normalize mental health. Yeah. Um, and normalize moving our bodies and letting ourselves like, you know, release our anger in a healthy way and things like that. So me yeah. and my husband are both passionate about that while also teaching our kids a little bit of the things that we did grow up with that we love. Like we do pray at dinner and we do mm-hmm. talk about how great Jesus was and, and we do talk about being kind and um, loving and empathic to people and what that looks like on this earth and how much our kids are loved by God. And so we have that um, still as like the foundation of, I would say our family, but we don't, we don't necessarily go to church every Sunday. Yeah. It's about your full expression as a, as a human and what that looks like still within the framework of Christianity, right? Not having these other roles you have, like you had. And, and Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's, that's probably a huge weight off of your shoulders as well as a parent. Like you don't have to do what you yeah. were, you know, taught and what you were shown. And then that's the hardest part about sometimes when we get to this adult spot and we're now in charge of kids is we don't realize how much was just programming that we didn't even question. Mm-hmm. And now as we're older, we're like, wait, hold on. Yeah. And I was going to ask you this question is, what are some things like some trauma that we don't realize is actually trauma? It's just so freaking normalized in society that mm. we don't even understand it. Like I, I think there's a lot of things that we think, oh, that's just how we grew up in the eighties, nineties, whatever. Yeah. And that's not, and trauma, that's trauma regardless. And so mm-hmm. are there are some examples you can give us that maybe you see in your practice that people don't realize yeah. is traumatic. Yeah. I explain trauma to people as, um, it's the stuff that happens to you because trauma can be different for each person. It's how your body responds to the things that happen to you in your life. So for one person, maybe their parents divorcing was a good thing for another. It might not have been, it might've been a huge trauma for them. It's how your body responds. So I also Mm -hmm. like to talk about trauma in two ways as trauma a and trauma B trauma a Mm -hmm. is the things that never should have happened to you. Um, like death, divorce, disease, um, accidents, things like that, um, abuse. And then trauma B is the things that you should have gotten but didn't, mm-hmm. um, like proper attunement from a caregiver, understanding, um, the proper education even sometimes. So, um, yeah, I see a lot of women um struggling with like relating to their bodies or mm-hmm. uh, purity culture, I would consider as a trauma. Um, purity culture is something within a lot of high control religions that is placed on women as like the gender role is you are a woman, your highest goal is to get married and have children. And you have to remain um, pure until you get married. And then when you get married, you're supposed to flip a switch and be like, a sex kitten in the bedroom and please your husband whenever he wants you to please him. And so um, being a stumbling block and covering your body and being modest was all part of that culture. Mm -hmm. And your worthiness was tied up in being pure. Um, So for me, that's a huge one I see in my work with women is how do I even relate to my body now? And how do I reclaim my sexuality as a woman? Um, a lot of women I see have issues with connection to their womb or connection to their 
vulva or connection to like actually having really good sex because they've never had it because for us as women um our biggest sexual organ is our brain and when you're Mm -hmm. conditioned to believe that that is bad for so long the switch does not switch on when you're married yeah yeah it just our brains don't work that way so we have to decondition ourselves we have to do embodiment practices to recondition ourselves to actually feel the pleasure that our bodies were made to feel but that's That's a huge trauma i see is that disconnect from sense of self and body one of the biggest breaks to arousal is stress obviously and the disconnect with feeling safe within your body and knowing your body so a lot of women are just afraid to open that and to say, how do I work on connecting back to my body? I don't even know where to begin. And that's where we begin the work is like, okay, we start just simply right here, you know? And so um, it doesn't have to look scary and it doesn't have to uh, be scary and it doesn't have to um, sort of like be the other end of the pendulum where you are like, yeah, this fire goddess, scary person. No, <laughs> yes, no. Yes, yeah, and it yeah. doesn't have to be here, which is like the, you know, meek and modest woman yeah, that doesn't yeah. really have feeling. Um, there's a balance. Like as women, we get to feel it all. Yeah. And like, we are just now learning that that is available to us, that that is actually how we are made as women to be mm-hmm. fierce and sexy. And then also we can also be, you know, powerhouses in the boardroom and like, you know, we get to be all of that. That's how we are made to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you feel like it's that disconnect with yourself? Because you mentioned earlier, you did earlier, you didn't have, you weren't in alignment with yourself. Is that where you see most women get stuck? Is that because they're not Mm -hmm. finding out who they really are in, and it's that stuckness. And I know I had felt that way years ago, but just not knowing, but I also didn't know who I was. But how do I find myself? Like, how do I find out who I am? What's the the path? Because I think that's maybe where, okay, I'm stuck and I recognize I'm stuck, but how yeah. do I move forward? Is there anything you can give as far as advice of getting that alignment back or finding the alignment in the first place? So that yeah. way you can be more embodied and more into yourself and feeling like yourself. Yeah. I always say the first step is just awareness and acceptance, like mm-hmm. awareness that how you're living or feeling in your body isn't how you want to live or feel. And then from there, you can say, okay, I'm opening up my mind to um, the possibility that I could feel good in my body or that I could reconnect to my body, that I could live differently. And so when you start sort of opening that possibility up, then you notice like, what am I curious about? Am I curious about therapy? Do I want to do this with a coach or do I want to do this with a therapist? Do I have a lot of work I need to do to release first? Probably. And so working with someone is probably one of my best um, bits of advice to don't do it alone. Um, Or even open up to a friend that's trusted to say, I'm starting to feel this way. Have you ever felt this way? And then like, if you have like, do you know any therapist or do you know anybody that, you know, is doing this work. And then, so that sort of expands your mind too. And then books and podcasts, like we have so much free resources now available to us through books and podcasts Mm -hmm. um, that you can start to listen to the stories of other people um, so that you feel less alone. 
so that you yeah. can continue to give yourself permission to do the yeah. work that you need to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and I would just start there. I would, um, I would start also with creating like a meditation practice or breath work practice to actually slow down and to feel what you feel in your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that uh, for me was like a missing piece for a long time in my own personal work was like, okay, well, I'm talking a lot. And I'm processing a lot, but I'm not doing anything with the rest of my body who's sure. I'm feeling like constricted and tight. And sure. so, yeah. So as far as meditation for you, what do you feel like is the, I mean, I know there's a, a variety of, you know, length and guided, not guided. Mm-hmm. Where do you think people should start? Like, what's your best advice as far as meditation? Is it quiet room? Is it yeah. music? Is it not? Like, what's your best advice to just be able to hear yourself? Or is it just breathing? Yeah. If you... Are, there's a lot of people that feel like they don't want to do meditation because it makes them crawl up their skin or they want to um, move while they do it. And so I teach nonlinear movement, which is like sort of like a moving meditation, um, but it's allowing your body to move in a, whatever way uh, it yeah. wants to move. So, I mean, even if you're listening to an app like the Calm app or Headspace, like um, get on all fours on a yoga mat and allow yourself to move if you feel like you can't lay there and listen, yeah. but even yeah. just a simple five minute meditation or um, guided meditation or music without words is a really good place to start. Okay. Yeah. Five minutes Perfect. a day has better benefits love- than like one hour once a week. Yeah, exactly. I love that you mentioned the nonlinear movement because I, I have found I'm getting older and so stretching is really important. And mm-hmm. I found listening to some meditation just music and getting on my yoga mat and just stretching. However, my body tells me to stretch. I have no plan. I just go whatever feels good. And I totally get that because that is absolutely makes you feel like I'm listening to myself, listening to my body, what it needs. And I'm just letting go of any agenda. I'm not following routine, just going with the flow. And I love that that you brought that up because I've done that not really intentionally awesome. just loosened up in the morning. So, uh, I get that. Yeah. Very cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, you touched on this, you mentioned books and podcasts. Do you have kind of the, some favorites you always recommend to people as far as books? Yeah. Let's start with that. What are your favorites okay. that you love to recommend over and over again? I think I've tamed by Glennon Doyle was like the first book I read that was like, Oh my gosh, I feel seen. Um, yes. Untamed the wild woman's way by Michaela Boehm. Um, I love Sue Monk Kid. She wrote The Dance of the Dissonant Daughter that also mm. made me feel super seen. Um, what other books have I read recently? Um, the Body Keeps the Score or yeah. Chasing the Tiger um, by Peter Levine. Um, it's also really good. I love, love, love The Wisdom of Your Body by um, Dr. Hilary McBride. That was okay. another one that made me feel um, very seen. And just awake to, wow, my body is a genius. Like my body has a voice, but I've kind of shut that part off for a long time and didn't listen. Um, I'm I'm probably blanking on so many good books that I love right now. Um, Oh, the book Pussy by uh, Regina Thompson. I I can't even say her last name, but it is amazing. It is like a lot of, I wouldn't start with that one. If you're like, if you're new to this work, I would, uh, it's a build up too. I built up to that one because the first time my friend was reading it, 
And I was like, mm, no, nah, that's not for me. And then I yeah. finally was ready and I picked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, this book, yeah. I, was, I was ready for it. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm like looking at my desk right now to see. Yeah. yeah, I know. I just, I, I have so. a great list. Yeah, just follow yeah. them. I just joined, what is it, Goodreads? So, oh, yeah. Okay. On Goodreads, I have an account yeah. there that I started saving some of the books that I recommend. Perfect. I know. I love that. I love, because I, I need it mentally just to track. I'm like, have I read this before? I don't know. Yeah. 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 And then, how about podcasts? Any favorite podcasts that you too, like you're just into that you got on, like you subscribe to that you're a regular yes. listener to? Or? Um, I think the longest podcast I've probably listened to is the Robcast, which is Rob oh, Bell's yeah. Um, yeah. podcast. Love him. Yep. Um, I also went through a period of time where I really li- listened to um, uh, good po- uh, fun parts, fun parts podcast, which is a podcast okay. um, on purity culture okay. and deconstructing that. Um, I love Tantric Life or This Tantric Life with Layla Martin. Mm. Um, I just started listening to that one. Um, and I think that's it for right now that I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. Those are the good ones. Mm-hmm. And you've obviously tuning in. This is a lot of femininity, divine feminine, those kinds of things that you've talked about a little bit earlier yeah. in the books you're recommending. Mm-hmm. There's a few in there that sound like it's kind of tuned into that as well. I, yeah. again, like I said, I, I came across you because of a a gal that had gone on a recent trip with you. Tell us about real yeah. quickly about your trip you took to France recently, what you did, mm-hmm. how this came about, this idea, and why? Why now? Yeah. So the idea came about a couple of years ago. I love to travel and I um I love girls trips and yeah. I wanted to do more work with women in a group setting. And I thought oh, why don't I just plan a retreat? Like, and so I did that. Um, my first one was in Costa Rica last year and that was so fun. And then I was reading this book, Mary Magdalene revealed by Megan Watterson. Definitely highly recommend that one. Okay. Um, and, um, I picked it up and started reading about Mary Magdalene and I was like, we got, I got to go to France. I got to go to where she lived after the crucifixion. And I didn't know this about her and I didn't know this. And she is actually um, an archetype of the divine feminine. And there's a Mm. lot we don't know about her. There's a lot that was um, misconstrued and told about her in the church that actually isn't everything. And so I thought I want to go to this place um, in the South of France. I've always had a connection to it. And so I called my friend that is a woman's trip planner and um, she plans dreamy trips. And I said, could you help me plan this trip? And she's like, absolutely. And so we threw it together in like three months and I just felt the call in my body and my Mm -hmm. mind lit me up. And I was like, I'm going to put it out there in a way that I've never put it out there before, where I'm just like trusting that the people that are going to come are the people that need to come. And I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about not selling enough tickets or making enough money or whatever it was. I'm just like, I'm meant to go. And so I put it out there and it really was down to like the last week of trying to sell it that the rest of the people came in and we were like, it's a go. And so it really was organic in that way. And then my mom and sister ended up coming and it was just the most powerful healing experience for me and my family for our feminine line. Um, And so 
we ended up just having such an amazing time connecting as women doing experiential therapy, um, leading them in wonderful sacred places, um, finding this cave that actually is shaped like a yoni. <laughs> yes, yes. So I saw the powerful. pictures. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. Um, yeah, which is her sacred place, which is where Mary is said to have lived the last 30 years of her life. And I can tell you by going there that it was a journey to find. A lot of people can't find it. Um, yes. And we found it. And when you walk into that cave, like it feels, you feel the energy, you feel the divinity um, and you feel it for yourself. And a lot of women had just a beautiful moments of release and emotion mm -hmm. and joy and acceptance for who we are as women. And it was just, yeah, in that moment, I was like, yeah, I meant, I meant to lead women here yeah. and in this work. And so it was just, and then it's just fun and beautiful and yeah, just, you know, just having so much saturating yourself in the beauty and the pleasure of life is what turns us women on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you have something planned? I know we're airing this sometime in September, but are you planning anything coming up? What, what's your next, yes. do you have another trip going? Tell me about your next trips. I do. I have a trip to Joshua Tree that is going to be um, a sort of like long weekend retreat. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be at the end of September or early October. So those okay. dates aren't set in stone yet. And then I'm also doing the same Divine Feminine Retreat in Provence of next year of around the same time in May. And I've already booked this amazing chateau um, mm. that we stay at as women and we get a private chef and we just get to have so much fun and do all of those healing things together as women and to feel um, alive in our bodies and call, call in those things we want for our life. So I am going to do that one again as well. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, well, I saw the, I saw the list. Ooh, do I wait for the France one or do I just jump in the Joshua tree? I'm like, I have it on my little, <laughs> my little bucket list as well. So I just think I that it looks so amazing. I think anything you get women together and you do things like this, it just, for some reason, I think it's the energy of, it's an intention behind it. It's not just, Hey, let's go to the beach and yeah. have drinks and you know, whatever all day it's you, there's intention behind it and there's a purpose. And I love that. I think it means so much more and you get so much more out of it. Yep. And that kind of a girl's trip versus something else. The, the transformation that you see from arrival to departure is why yeah. I'm like, I've got to do this more. I mean, obviously I'm a mom and I can't leave my kids all the time, but sure, I am like, sure. it lights me up so much to see the transformation of what can happen in one week. And that's yeah. the beauty and the um, power of experiential therapy. So yeah. literally traveling and doing healing work with other women, um, is life changing. I bet. Yeah. I bet for you as well. Right. For you. As oh, well. Every I mean, time I change, right. every time I yeah. learn something, every time I grow in some way, or I see myself mm -hmm. reflected in another woman, or I can hold space for another woman in a way that I'm like, Oh, that felt so good. And I get yeah. to watch other women do that for each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. the beauty of it. So powerful. And I think, mm -hmm. like you said, it, and it's just enjoying being in the moment of life. And I think that's what Europe does so well from what I've gathered, never been, but they just enjoy life so thoroughly. It's, there's no, you know, rocket ship to the top. There's no, yeah. I shouldn't, not for everybody, but in general, the society feels like it's much more enjoy the day, sit here for two hours for lunch, 
be with your people, mm. just enjoy life. And I think that's the one thing they have, right? And it sounds that like you guys is... got a chance to experience that a little bit when you were there. We did. We just mm. enjoyed our meals and sat there yeah. and ate oysters and drank wine. And <laughs> we yeah. had so much fun. Conversation, I'm sure, was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, what you mm-hmm. needed. Sometimes that's that's all it is. It's just having a great yeah. conversation with a bunch of women. That's all you need. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us where can people find you? Like if they want to work with you, if they want to be coached, yeah. therapy, whatever, tell us how we can find you and where they can go. Sure. Yeah. You can find me on my website, chrissypowers.com. That's just C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-P-O-W-E-R-S. And then um, you can contact me through my website. You can see more of my offerings and how you can work with me there. Um, eventually I'll be putting up where you can book those retreats. Um, sure. Uh, probably the best way is to join my um, new email list, um, yep. which you can do that through my website and also get yep. a free meditation. Yep. So um, uh, I'm also on Instagram at Chrissy J Powers, and you can okay. send me a DM if you want. Um, sometimes I miss those, but yeah, just follow me. You'll you'll find more information okay. on everything I offer, plus just free tips and you know, things that are hopefully adding to people's lives. Um, and so, yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me and work with me. I have an embodiment, um, program I do with women. I'm also going to start or launch a group program as well, um, in the next couple of months. So if you're on my newsletter or email list, you'll also be notified of that. Perfect. Perfect. And I'd like to always finish every episode with asking you a question. What is one thing right now that's making you feel awake, well, and empowered, which is what the acronym for God is. Anything that's doing it for you right now? Hmm. Nature. I'm really feeling like I need to be in nature more. And so I'm making plans to go places where I leave my phone more yes. and I get into nature or I swim in a lake or I get to touch a tree. So that's what's making me feel most awake right now. Well, Chrissy, again, thank you so much for being here. I, I know you've time is, it was important to you. And I don't want to take any more time, but if down the road, I'm telling you, I think there's a lot more conversation to be had, but I just I thank you so much that. for this one. And I think you, you know, have got such a great, uh, message to give, to give it to women about being in touch with their femininity and being in touch with, you know, um, who they are authentically. I think that's yeah. so huge, especially, I think, I think for midlifers, especially because mm-hmm. we've had that programming that we didn't realize we were yeah. <laughs> adhering to. And I think the younger generations now have a much more sense of maybe who they are and we can learn a lot from them, but I just think that your work is so important. So thank you for doing that. Thank yeah. you for showing up for my audience and being here to give us a little bit of a taste of what you do. And hopefully we'll have you on as another, another, another time. Would love thank to have you, you back on. I would oh love that. Thank you so much okay. for having me. Thank you, Chrissy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, sweetie. Bye. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer 
or The Odd Life, which is this podcast-specific Instagram account. All right, have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you soon.